Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Business Podcast for a Wednesday, August 23rd, coming down the end of the summer. With me this morning, we have Miss Becky Alley. Good morning, Beck. Hi, everybody, on this rainy Wednesday. Certainly not summer weather, but, uh, you know, not complaining. We now have Mr. John Kolb. John Kolb, how are you? Very well. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And the host of the Hardcore co-host, along with Becky, John, Lisa, myself, Mr. Harvey Free, co-host of the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate and Business Show. Hi, Harv. Morning, team. How are you? Good. As always, the podcast brought to you by Capital Mortgage Funding, powered by Fair Independent Mortgage Corporation, an equal housing lender, NMLS number 2289. And for this morning, everybody, we're going to do 20, 25 minutes of quality, educational, enthusiastic, passionate podcast. So I want to get right in. I want to talk about a couple of things that came up in the news. First of all, July home sales, yes, they were up, but total sales volume of units were down. Not a surprise, 16.3% down from the previous year. Why? No surprise, Becky Alley. Say it with me. Lack of inventory. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's we're going to continue to see this. Um, obviously, the rates are increasing because they're trying to temper the market, but there's not enough inventory to even try to do that because no matter what, there's still going to be this insurgence of new buyers, not to mention rents are going up and the affordability of rent is becoming um, a problem. So we're in an overall housing crisis nationally, and um, I really don't see it's going to change, you know, even though they're trying to adjust these rates to accommodate, you know, to kind of get people to back off, they're not going to. I would say, Becky, that it really doesn't make sense. We'll get into it a little later. The, the entire market and philosophy, as we pointed out, I'll talk about it a little bit later. It's just not making sense. So let's stick with the inventory. And John Cole, yeah. as Becky said, this is nationally, right? This is nationally. Home inventory, it's a national issue. Here in metropolitan Detroit, though, we're seeing a late summer surge, John, of home sales. Now, nationally, in areas like Arizona, Florida, school starts earlier. Kids are already back in school. So maybe nationally in those markets, more homes are coming on the market. But kids don't start back to school until after Labor Day. So, John, we're seeing a late surge of home sales. Actually, this year is the first year where kids are starting back this coming Monday. So the week before Labor Day, which has a lot of parents up in arms just because What's three days or four days worth of school do, then have a long weekend and go back to it? It's like a throw, throwaway days. But probably has a lot to do with uh, when they can take breaks and such. But ne- you're right, Harry. We are starting to see a lot of homes come on the market. But as Harvey and I were talking in the office the other day, we see these offers getting accepted and then people are bailing on the inspections. If one little thing is wrong, it's it's almost like they're feeling that like they're entitled to the perfect home and it, you know because they're overpaying they're paying for so much more that they don't want to change that GFI outlet or put a handrail on or whatever the case may be um so you know people still have to understand that the market is the market just because values are up a little bit doesn't mean that you're not going to uh, still have to put a little bit of love and touch into the home once you buy it to make it your own yeah harvey moving off to you and to piggyback on what john said harvey do you feel like i feel that people are using the inspection to get out of the deal. Maybe they were a little bit too hasty and uh, they're using that inspection to just get out of the deal. If there's, it's like a hangnail, right? If you got a hangnail, you're not feeling good. You're not coming to work, but are they using the inspection 
to get out of the purchase of the house. Well, I hope not, Harry. And one of the things about searching for homes is having those decision makers with you. So if it's your parents are the decision makers, or if you finally do overbid and you're just you're you're in that fight and you, you make that overzealous offer, I sure hope that you have more education and you're able to put your real estate team together, giving you all that confidence so that if you do get your offer accepted, Harry, as you mentioned, you're not using the inspection to try to walk away from something. Yeah, Becky, I want to bring you in that conversation. You know, we tout inspections. We tout inspections for health and safety issues, for financial reasons. Biggest purchase of somebody's life is their home. And we want people to invest in an inspection to go ahead and see what's really wrong with the house. But I'm not running into people. When people make offers, especially in this market right now, at least my clients, we're not using, they're not using it as a way to get out of buying the house. They're using it for information to see if they want to purchase the house. Yeah, there's definitely no one, in, as far as in my, uh, who I'm experiencing that are using the inspection to intentionally renege on a transaction that they're under contract. To be honest with you, some of these buyers are even trying to look past some of the disarray in some of these homes because there is such a lack of inventory. They're trying to make it work. They're trying to make it worth work with concessions. Um, they are going back and renegotiating on some of these things if it is a real serious problem, even though they might have originally started with a pass-fail. Because at that point, a house like that is going to be on the market a little bit longer. I actually have several that have came back with some major, major repairs and all parties involved have done their due diligence to keep the transaction together. So I'm going to hundred percent say my experience is people are not um, doing that. It's very serious buyers in the market right now with the lack of inventory. Well, more good news on the horizon, John Cole, but it seems that nationally, again, got a little statistic out today that uh, home inventory is starting to rise. There's a trend that it looks like Home inventory, housing inventory is at its highest point right this second all year. Well, let's talk about it. We made mention of it directly. It's the end of the summer. Nationally, the kids are going to go back in school. So more homes, John, are definitely going to come on the market, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think we're coming out of the 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 flux of the summer, right? And whether, depending upon, I think that's a national uh, uh, number that you just gave, Harry. Um that you know a lot of the areas you know let's let's just take the the south and the the southwest i mean it's too hot to do anything it's too hot to move i mean people in arizona leave for a month at a time uh just because they can't do anything and same thing with the south so now you're starting to see those those uh the inventory start to pick up because the the temperatures are starting to break and here in michigan we enjoy our summer so much that nobody wants to be disrupted during that and, you know, people are taking weekends up north. And now that you're coming out of that, you might start to see, okay, hey, we're going to be around a little bit longer. We have the time to start looking. We have the time to put our house back up on the market. And hopefully it's one of those falls that we saw, I want to say, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, where, um, you know, fall was just as busy as spring was. And, uh, you know, that would be a nice uh, get back to norm for us, I could say. Yeah, I agree with that, John. We're, we might see that because it seems to be lingering on a little bit longer. Harvey, Harvey Freed, crazy statistics of the day. You ready? Average yeah. size of a new construction home is now around 2,200 square feet, as opposed to approximately 2,700 square feet in 2014, 2015. So just eight years ago, Harvey, yeah, it's reduced by about 500 square feet. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, builders have been shifting their focus to smaller homes. Um, the lot sizes are typically the same, but they're trying to the cost of the materials and the cost to build a house with the um the the construction cost overall has really forced that square footage to just drop a little bit. And again, the footprint that some of the retirees, some of the baby boomers are looking for, they're not looking for that great big McMansion anymore. Boom, so, boom, or ranch and such. So, yep, there's been a drop in that. Um, it's been shrinking. In fact, it's been shrinking, like you said, Harry, what is it, about 200 square feet um, just over the last three or four years. Well, All right, hey, well, real uh, quick, I saw, Harry, I, I saw real quick. John, I saw John raise his hand. John, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, on top of that, what Harvey also missed was that the uh, what people want is more of an outside area as well. So that these builders were putting 27, 2,900 square foot homes on these smaller lots, and there's no room for anything outside. Now people will say, okay, let's shrink the inside of the house so that we can have that out that backyard, you know, extravagant patio, and so that we have some outdoor living as well, whether you enclose it or not. But it just gives you a more of a, a three, four seasons type uh, type area so that you can have some more space outside and enjoy it. And I know I've done that to my backyard and uh, love just sitting out there after a long day's work, uh, day of work and uh, and enjoying it. Yeah, I love that perspective. Becky Eller, what are your thoughts on why builders are building 500 square foot homes on average less than they were about eight years ago? I think people want to get back to the little bit of a cozy home, like the old neighborhoods that we grew up in, you know, where there's no, I mean, you can't get away from association in these builder associations, but I do think that, you know, people want to have a little bit of that intimacy, um, less to take care of, less to clean, less to heat, less to um, do all the things right. And get back into those like, like nice little quaint family rooms. Actually, we just talking to um, an agent last week and they're talking about how, that $150,000 price point that is missing in the market right now, like a very nice quality, smaller, first time buyer um, kind of home. And so I'm not surprised that the builders are scaling down just with the cost of living um, materials like like Harvey talked about. Um, and even with John's point, right, like the lot sizes are staying the same. So you have more space to for the frontage in the backyard to put a pool in, to put in the hardscapes. And the other part is, like I just said, the hardscapes, when people are doing these new constructions, they do not take into account that that does not include the sod, the landscaping, the plant materials and all the things that go along with it. And, you know, a lot of these first time home buyers or even step down buyers, they're taking all they have just to even meet the, the price point. Right. So then after you close, now you have 30 days to put sod in and all this extra expense. And so really, it's just about curtailing it to make it affordable for more and more people, because the, you know, this housing market is not coming down. You're looking at an average 3% increase even from this time last year, and that's being conservative. Um, and we're going to continue to see these um, increases in the home appreciation values. They're not going down. Yeah, I think, you know what, guys, you bring up all great points. I think it's all of that. I think it's all of um, people don't necessarily want a bigger home. I don't think they can afford a bigger home. I think the material costs and the expense of building a bigger home. I also believe the builders have it figured out. 2,200 square feet, their margins are pretty good. They're making money building smaller houses. I also think people want to enjoy the outdoors. The baby boomers are getting older. So what are they buying? They're stepping down. They want a first floor master. They don't want a big house anymore to take care of. But the prices are not coming down. And Becky, you mentioned it, not coming down. So all that, the combination of all those things, we're seeing home prices 
go down. Best quote of the day, John Kolb, I've seen so far, we're going to go around the horn on this. Mortgage rates near 7.5% for no new reason. There's no reason. I was just watching on uh, on Squawk Box today. Um, there's no reason that rates should be this high. They're actually approaching 8%. We all know it. There's no reason for it, John Kolb. The economic cycle that we're going through right now, the, the raising of interest rates to stop people from buying things is are causing prices to go up because it's supply and demand. People are not going to stop spending. The debt structure right now, credit card debt is going up. Car prices going up. Everything is moving up, John Kolb. And this is what the Federal Reserve is doing to the economy right now. I mean, you just want to pick at my triggers, don't you, Harry? No, so, I'm I'm saying that I'm tired of seeing it too, just like everybody yeah. else is. It's uh, it's one of those things where you just can't. You, you got to get these ass clowns out of the seats of the Fed. I mean, they're just not they're not doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. They're not looking out for the common man. The middle, uh, the whole thing that the uh, the current regime uh, went on was the middle uh, class, and that they're not doing that. They're actually hurting the middle class the most. Uh, and the and the lower class because of how much these prices are going up. So I mean, you really need to get somebody else into the seat, the Fed chair seat, so that they understand what can be done to try to you know give a little reprieve. And until we do that, we're going to be in the same boat because this Fed, uh, they keep they're just sitting on their hands, saying we we want to do what we want to do and what we said we were going to do, so that we look like we're right when everybody knows that they're wrong. And here's the article. I didn't write it. The article is mortgage rates now near seven and a half for no new reason. Um, you know, we read a lot of trade publications, a lot of publications in general. Some you believe, some you don't believe. And that's what we do, Harvey Freed, is we disseminate the inaccurate information and turn it to accurate information. Um, I think the whole thing's backfiring. That's my opinion. Uh I think that I just watched uh, another program that said the Fed's going to raise it again at their next meeting and maybe another time, although indications point, you know, point to just one more time, which they don't need to. But it is what it is, Harvey Freed. Ray, let's talk about something more positive, okay? It doesn't change anything, Harvey. It doesn't. People are going to buy homes, whether rates are six and a half, seven and a half, or eight and a half. It doesn't matter. Because there's a lack of inventory. So the positive thing is, Harvey, still a lot of buyers out there. Yeah, tons of buyers out there. I bought my first house at eight and a half, and it was awesome. A year or two later, I think there was one, maybe one of the first little refi booms, and I was able to get it into the sevens. And I forgot the uh, actual savings, whether it was $100 a month or whatever it was. But yeah, Harry, the these higher rates are supposed to be damaging to the economy and get people to stop purchasing things to slow down the economy. Until the damage shows up, there's no really reason why the Fed should drop interest rates. So we will see. They're talking about a slow, a slower real estate market this fall, higher rates, maybe keeping some people sidelined. But as we talked often, if the rates do come down, there's going to be a plethora of buyers out there making the competition even harder to get that offer accepted. And more families are going to be reaching for their into their savings to overpay for the house just to win the bid. Yeah, and Becky, it doesn't change anything again. We've talked about it. You got to keep rolling in the home buying process. You can't quit because somebody else will take your spot. 
There aren't a lot of homes and, and you just can't quit. So if you're in the market to buy a house, if you don't buy one now and you're still on the sideline, prices are only going to go up on you. You, some of these individuals don't have a choice, right? They have to purchase a home. So when these rates are going up to these ridiculous, you know, price points that like we, we talked about, I think it's a little bit too much. They still have to buy because their landlord now just hit them with a 30 day notice that the landlord wants to cash into the equity that they have in the home they're selling. And you have a first time home buyer that never really invested in themselves and they have to do whatever they have to do to buy a house. So now they're now in a pinch to try to find a price point that they can afford that doesn't have you know, pieces falling apart once they do the inspection. I mean, it's just one of those things where you're not going to stop the insurgence of the 24 to 35 age demographic that is entering this buyer's pool that are no longer wanting to rent. They're understanding to invest in themselves. But it's very important that they have these conversations with us so that we, we can identify the price point. Do they qualify for some of these home buyer programs? Because there's more incentives for home buyers right now, more so than ever, because as much as they're increasing the interest rates, they're also increasing these buyer incentives. So it's kind of like an oxymoron, right? We don't want you to buy anything, but then we're going to give you all these incentives to buy anything. And it always makes me laugh because people don't hesitate to take out that car loan. They don't take, they don't hesitate to take out this debt consolidation loan that they're paying 15% on, but then they're going to clench their pearls when they hear the interest rate might be 7% on a mortgage. And, you know, when you have the time to take down and really break it down individuals, um, I feel like they finally understand the difference because I feel like as much as people buy houses, they buy a car right behind a pre-approval nine out of 10 times. And um, it's really affecting the whole picture of the, you know, someone's personal finances. And it's important that you have the conversation, select the price point that you can afford, get in some of these home buyer programs, because no matter what the rates are, people are always buying houses, 18%. It's 8%, 6%, 7.5% because housing is a necessity. It's not an option. Yeah, I can't agree with you more, Becky. And, and just to before we get into the next topic, last topic of the day, and we're going in a different direction. I was at the car dealership yesterday, took my car in for service. They don't have enough cars. I was in a guy's office yesterday, just killing time. He had about 40 buyers for cars all lined up on his desk files that he's trying to put in new cars and they don't have the inventory. People are not stopping spending money. They are doing it. And look, at, like you said, the car rates are certainly higher than the home rates. People need cars. People are going to buy homes. Let's move on to a new topic of the day. New topic of the day, John Cole, flood insurance. Why do I bring up flood insurance, everybody? Because the weather in the United States for the last couple months with flooding and the hurricanes and everything like that going on, John Cole, with all the bad weather the nation has seen in recent months, this topic has come up. Discussion is why get it or why not get it? Insurance, like everything else, if you don't have it when you need it and you're not covered, it's not going to be good for you. Flood insurance, if you don't need it, that's the time to buy it. Right. Because the rates will be lower if all of a sudden you need it and your property's had a flood. You tell me, John, am I thinking wrong or do I think people should at least make a phone call and investigate it? I mean, you only need to make a phone call and investigate flood insurance if you're in a flood zone. I mean, you're not there's no insurance company that's going to uh, that offer you insurance on a flood if you're not in a flood zone or if they do, then I mean, you're silly to pay it. 
Um, you know, because if you're talking about your basement uh, flooding or your, um, you know, something backing up, that is not flood insurance. Flood insurance comes from a natural uh, stream, creek, uh, you know, lake, whatever overflow. So, you know, you know, for example, let's take Midland into account um, with that, uh, the flooding from there. That was one of those things where, uh, you know, you could have been, you're five miles away from the lake. Uh, Sanford Lake and uh, the dam, the dam broke and the city flooded. How are you going to project that, predict that? And are you going to pay insurance for something like that? Because I don't even think insurance is going to cover that because there's, there's enough, someone at fault at that reason. Well, flood insurance is mandatory for any property with a federally backed mortgage. Okay. We know that in order for somebody, in order for us to give somebody a mortgage, Harvey Freed, if they're in a flood zone, they need flood insurance. But here's the, however, and the reason I bring it up. Once they get the mortgage, Harvey, they're canceling the flood. They're canceling yep. the flood insurance. You can't. They are. Well, that's not a good thing, Harry. So that's not that's not allowed. They, they are opposed to a higher amount. Let's just talk about that in, in a little different perspective. Okay, so you own the house. You might have waived your inspections. Okay, well, and you're not in a flood zone. Well, then reach out to your insurance agent and put the money into the most important things the backup sub pumps that can be uh, spent a few extra dollars on. There are sub pumps that run on gravity. So that can cause, um, well, that can save you from having a flooded basement, uh, grading around the house. A lot of things you can do to protect your asset once you own the house. Again, whether or not you waived inspection, whether or not you sort of cheaped out on the insurance, reach back out and find out what you can do other than building, you know, rebuilding your house and putting it on stilts the most important things you can do is to protect yourself, maybe an umbrella policy. And again, they are talking about a harsher winter, more ice storms, more snowstorms. This could lead to flooding and some other issues. Reach out to your insurance guy. Again, the people in Hawaii, Maui, they didn't know. Now it's going to cost billions of dollars to replace. You don't know that you're not insured enough until that time comes and something catastrophic happens. Yeah, my feeling is, is that it doesn't hurt to make a phone call because a statistic shows that there's an equal number of coastal flooding as inland flooding. So it's not only coming from lakes and rivers on the coast, it's also coming from inland lakes and rivers, as John pointed out. So we only think we hear about bad news nationally, but there are things that we can do. And, and Becky, Ellie, last but not least, and let's go to our, our last words, is we are looking to bring topics in so consumers that listen to us all over the country all over the world. Um, I had somebody call me from Italy the other day. Yes, and I have a text that they heard our podcast in Florence. Uh, true story. Um, we just try to, we want to protect people and we want to protect our clients, right, Beck? Yeah, I mean, you know, there is a lot of bad information out there. There's a lot of um, new uh, loan officers, new real estate agents getting into the um, our market. And, you know, some of them have never seen this kind of situation before. They don't know how to handle um, the higher rates, how to properly, you know, pre-approve someone, what to look for, to look for the problem ahead of time and all that stuff. So it's really important that you have the right conversations with the right people. But the problem is some of these people don't know they're not having the right conversations. And you don't find out till after the fact, and then we're called in to fix the problem. You know, but the end of the day is getting a mortgage is a very big deal. Okay. And you need to take it accordingly. You need to handle yourself accordingly. It's okay if you have to get pay subs. It's okay to document this information. The days of you signing a piece of paper because you have blonde hair, blue eyes, and you want a million dollar house 
We're not doing those subprime mortgages anymore. We're never going to do those ever again. These are all really well-qualified mortgages that are out here right now. And all these rules that are put into place that people find annoying are all to protect you, the consumer, us as the entity. And we got to make sure that we're giving everyone a home as well that is going to be you know, it's sound mind and body at this home. That's why we have the inspections. That's why we have the appraisal. So get the right information. If you don't feel you have the right team, seek out a second phone call. We're not here to snake any deals, but we are here to have open conversations, whether you select us or not. It's very important that you feel comfortable and you are very informed in all your decisions when you're purchasing a home. And it's true. Very, very true. John Cole, last words of the day. You know, just keep uh, keep grinding. Uh, there's a lot of people that I hear that are giving up on uh, getting out there looking for homes, but keep grinding. I, you know, like like we talked about today, the inventory is going to pop and open up a little bit. So keep in touch with us. Keep in touch with your realtor. Get out there. Continue to look. Uh, you're going to find the home that you want. Mr. Harvey Freed. Yeah, the agents you're working with are, and the lenders you're working with are the most important Thing you can really do in your transaction. Again, the education, when you show up to a property, having the confidence to move forward, having the decision makers there and getting the right to great information from your team is very, very important. So we still stress that. I got an agent here. He can't even call to get the HOA information for me. So there's a real difference between working with that top 10%. That's who you want to seek out. Give us a call at the office. We'll get you set up with the best agents. Yeah, but I appreciate you guys. We are the top 10%. Becky Alley, John Kolb, Harvey Freed, Capital Mortgage Funding. Listen to Harvey, Becky, John, myself, Lisa Lawson, and the guests that we bring on on the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Business Show. Heard every Saturday morning, 97.1 FM from 9 to 10. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you. We have Roberto Boshane in the booth. He's our producer director. Today is Wednesday, August 23rd. This was the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Business Podcast. We'll see you soon.